Hello and welcome to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. I'm your host, Katie Saltzman, personal trainer, nutrition coach, entrepreneur, creator, and expert in teaching women how to take back control of their health, their mindset, and their happiness. Most of you know me as a nutrition coach, but this podcast and this platform is going to be so much more. This is a place where I want to be able to talk about it all. Yes, of course, health and fitness, but also relationships, social media, adulting, hormones, just life. I want this podcast to cover all the ups and downs, and I want you to know that you're not alone. Ultimately, I'm here to give you the confidence to break through what's holding you back, to embrace who you fully are and show up authentically in life. Because life is messy. It's not perfect and it's not meant to be. So grab your wine, a drink, or if you're like me, that chocolate or that ice cream, because it's time to take our stories and the things we go through and make them our superpower. It's time to laugh, cry, learn, and understand that we are all in this together. So let's dive in. I cannot wait for you to listen to today's episode. It was probably one of my favorite interviews that I've done because I learned so much during it. There were multiple times in this conversation where I was getting chills or so many tactical things to be able to take back to my clients or implement in my life, which was such a cool cool experience. So our guest today is Ricky Friedman. She is a speaker, a creator, a TikTok star, a podcaster, and she teaches you how to take steps forward in your life. I'm going to let her tell her story, but she did used to be a health coach, so I think so many of you are going to resonate with her on that level. What she has to say in her story is so powerful and so beautiful, and I can't wait for you to hear this. And I think the one last thing I want to say is that her and I just had this amazing raw, honest, real conversation. And because of that, it's a little bit more explicit. There is some swearing involved. I firmly believe in hearing people in their truth and not editing my episodes. So I wanted to give that warning, that heads up, just in case you have little ones running around or in case you have sensitive ears when it comes to some swearing. If not, I can't wait for you to dive in. This episode is truly a gem. I am so excited to bring this next guest on the podcast. How we met was actually, we haven't even met in person. We've just connected and networked a bit was when I was teaching classes at Equinox, one of the women that would take my classes was like, you need to follow my daughter, Ricky. You guys need to connect because I was coming out to Denver at the time. And we started a conversation on Instagram and she's just this, I think the connections and what we have in common is pretty, pretty amazing. And Ricky, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. I am very, very happy to be here. Yes. So tell everybody uh, a little bit about yourself and about your journey. Oh my God. Um, all right. So my journey, my journey started, I think we all have times where our journey starts. My journey started obviously just as a child when you, you go through different things as a child. But for me, I lost my mom when I was 13. I always say that's where the journey started and the journey of change and transformation and trauma and self-discovery. And I lost my mom when I was a little girl. And that really set the tone for the way that I felt about myself and the things I eventually went through. I had a really bad eating disorder and I suffered a lot emotionally. I suffered feeling safe within myself for a long time. And 
throughout this process, I was really obsessed with my body and I was really obsessed with controlling everything in my life because that's what trauma does for you, makes you feel out of control. And so you grab on to things that you think will make you feel in control. And they're essentially just ways to escape. And for me, losing my mom really made me lose myself. And, you know, you're already not in touch with who you are as a kid, but then you're really out of touch with yourself and with reality. And I suffered a lot. And that was where my journey started. And throughout my 20s, I became a life coach and I um, helped my friend lose 150 pounds of weight through this process of coaching her. And this is when my other part of my journey started as I became a life coach at like 22 years old. I became a life coach, health coach to really honestly feel better about myself. It like wasn't for anybody else. I like didn't give a shit. I was like, I wanna feel good. I also like wanted my body to look a certain way and I was super fucked up. And I just was like, okay, I can't keep this process of like restricting myself. I can't keep doing this. So like, I'm going to become a health coach, life coach, and like, I'll get my shit together. And then I'll just see where it goes in the process of becoming a life coach, health coach, whatever they called it. This was like before everyone was a health coach. This is 2002. Just give you context. Okay. You coined this. (laughs) (laughs) I little, but I I created the health coaching. I know you guys didn't know that I'm the creator of health coaching. Um, okay. So I became, (laughs) (laughs) I became this health coach and now I'm going to backtrack. My friend came to me when I became this health coach, I was 22 years old. And she was like, I need you to help me lose 150 pounds of weight. And I was like, excuse me, I, I can't even get my shit together. Like, what are you saying? She's like, but I think you'd be a really good leader. And this like, was- I'm weighing out my spinach yeah. right now. I'm, sorry. I'm like, I'm literally, I like, literally, I just had one thing of spinach. It's five calories. I will be going on a walk. Like I was fucked up. And she was like, no, I, re- I really think you should help me. And I really think that you can. And this was the first time that it really wasn't just like about me in a moment in time. And I was like, you know what? I would be a good leader. I'm already becoming this health coach. Like maybe this will be a fun thing we can do. And so I built her a daily system and we created a blog called Break the Weight. And for 290 days, we documented the entire journey. We had thousands and thousands of people following our journey. We had a newsletter. She would blog. I would blog every single day. And she lost hundred pounds in 290 days through a system I created her. I lost hundred pounds emotionally. And this was when I discovered that the weight in our lives is not just physical. And that I actually was just as heavy as her in a different sense. After that experience, I turned our blog into a life coaching company called Break the Weight. And I spent the next 10 years coaching people to break the weight in their life, mentally, physically, emotionally. I create a daily system. I work with a lot of people to lose weight. However, for me, it was never really about the weight. I'm sure you can relate to that. It's always about the other weight. And that's, that's the real stuff. 100%. And that was like, I was also a personal trainer. I was all that stuff. You know, I was never a food person. I didn't really care about that stuff. It was never really about that for me. For me, it was about what it feels like to feel so lost and to feel so uncomfortable within yourself that you feel the need to restrict to control everything outside of you. And weight just happens to have been the thing that I had used for so long. And so that's what I did for 11 years. And then, um, I honestly hated it. I, I really, I, I hope none of my clients are listening. <laughs> my past clients, I didn't hate them. I hated doing it. Um, I'll tell you why. I was not healed. I was, and I was fine with my weight. Like weight was like a secondary thing. I was like dying inside. And I was put on this pedestal of like speaker and coach and just like held to this world that this world that I did not exist in. And 
this wasn't a really important part of my journey, an important part to talk about because we hold people to these standards. We're like, oh, that person's a life coach. That person's a speaker. But like, I was a life coach and a speaker getting high 15 times a day. And that is such an important piece of information because you never know what somebody is going through. And so in 2020, I was like, I'm done. Said, said bye to break the weight, the brand, the identity, everything. I was like, I'm not doing life coaching more, like screw it. And I was so lost. And um, I decided, to, <laughs> this is like so random. I decided to become the marketing director for a couple, like for a couple companies, which was like so far fetched from what I was doing. I wasn't a good employee. So that didn't last very long. And, um, you know, and this is when I realized like, I am meant to help people in their life, but it's hard to help people when you can't help yourself. And so I spent the next two years, 2020, 2021, really lost. And um, I'm going to pause here for a second, just like any follow-up questions. Yeah, no, I, I want I want to backtrack on a couple of things you That's said. I think it's so important that you shared you got into the fitness industry for the wrong reasons, because that's what I speak about too. Mm. I became a personal trainer when I was the most messed up in my head, when I had the most disordered eating, when I was working out, I mean, doing things that I would never, ever tell clients to do because I wanted to be fixed. And I thought magically getting this personal training certification was all of a sudden going to fix the messed up things that were going on in my head and fix the fact that I struggled with my weight. And all it did was tenfold it. Mm. I became like the heaviest when I was a personal trainer because I was, I I had so much going on in my head. I was so not healed from all of these things that I didn't even know what direction to go. And I thought it would fix me and it did the opposite. It's very true. And, you know, for me, I think it saved me at first because it helped me get out of my own way, helped me help all these people, but I didn't enjoy it. And I really felt like there was a disconnect. Like I didn't feel that rush of like, I helped these people change their lives. Like I never felt, I was just like, what am I doing? Like something isn't right. And the truth is, it's like, it's true. Like what wasn't right? Wasn't my relationship with food. It was my relationship with myself. That wasn't right. That was never right. And I always just thought if I had a purpose, if I had this, if I had that, then I'll feel better. I'll be doing good things. I'll be great. And everything kept getting worse and worse and worse. And the more like bigger I got, like the more stages I spoke on, the more people I worked with, the worse I felt because I had a secret. Because when you have secrets, it's really hard to be the truth, to tell the truth. Yeah. And you live with a lot of shame. And so we, we shouldn't put people on pedestals. We shouldn't, we shouldn't sit on them ourselves because we sit on them and then we live on them and they're not the truth. And we're not living our truth. And the truth is everything in my life always felt hard. This is really, this is like so crazy. I don't know if you ever felt this way. Like everything was hard. Like my career wasn't expanding. I like felt icky selling my life coaching. I felt like every time I spoke on a stage, like I didn't want to email someone else and be like, can I come speak with you? Like there was so much resistance in my life. And I know hundred percent is because I never like really led myself yeah. and I wasn't living authentically, like my actual truth, which was like that I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, I, I can relate to that. I think on a different level of one. I was like married, trying to fit into this box that I yep. didn't fit in. You know, it, I, I knew I shouldn't have got married. I knew I shouldn't have got, I, and I was in a position where I was trying to be everybody else on Instagram. It was working. Yeah. I could show up with a smile on my face. Was I happy? No, I was the most miserable because I had put myself in a life that I didn't want to be in that I wasn't living. I right. wasn't showing up authentic. I wasn't who I was like the silly, goofy Katie you see now 
it was such a different situation. I was trying to be so like perfect and poised on Instagram. And you're right, because I thought people put me on a pedestal. But what completely changed the game in my coaching and made me start enjoying it again was when I became a human. When I was started to say, look, I've made these mistakes and I've been so unhappy with myself and I've showed up fake and I've done all of the things. And I really use this podcast as a platform to start doing that, to like test the waters because I was still too nervous to do it on Instagram. And it, it's crazy the feedback you get and the world it opens up when you become human. I think it's when you just tell the truth. Yeah. People say become human and I'm like, no, you're just telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. If you tell the truth, you are literally free. Yeah. And I, and you and whoever else is listening to this, look, we all have secrets. We all have things in our lives. We all have truths that we try to make a lie, but they're really a truth. And we try so hard and we push against these walls. And the truth is it's, it's not just being human. It's just being honest. And when you're honest, things are a lot easier. They, they fuck you up a little bit at first, but then like, once you're rattled a little bit, it's like, Oh, I can breathe. I can be free. Right. When you're owning your truth, you don't, you stop worrying about the judgments of other people, which I think is our biggest fear is how are we going to be seen, you know, by others? That was one of my biggest fears was how are others going to see me as imperfect when I start talking about all yeah. this? Yeah. I think for me, I was never worried about what others would think of me. It was like, do I want to share this truth? Cause like, do I want to deal with it yet? Yeah. Like I'm not there yet. Like I want to keep getting high. I want to keep doing this stuff. I fucking tell anybody this and I have to deal with it. And like, I don't want to deal with it yet. So sometimes we hold the truth in because we're just not ready to face it, which is not always because we're scared what people think about us. It's like, it's like you're in that relationship. Do I want to talk to myself about how I don't want to be in this relationship yet? Like, mm, I don't know. That means I got to leave it. Mm, right. You know what? Let's push that down a little further. Yeah. Like, we're not there yet. Yeah. And I think that's always what it was for me. It wasn't what anyone else thought. It was just like, if I share it, if I tell it, I have to deal with it. And like, that's too scary. Like, I'm not interested at this moment. Like, yeah. I'll just keep telling the lie until it becomes so big that I have to tell the truth. Absolutely. Um, I want you to continue with your story a little bit yeah. on where you left off as you were in marketing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I did that in 2020. I was really lost. You know, I had this whole identity. I was a life coach. I was a speaker. I was this, I was that, blah, blah, blah. And then I had this secret, this addiction to marijuana for 15 years, totally like smoking 15, 18 times a day, all day. Nobody knows like crazy, crazy. And really like next level. And I was so ashamed and I was just so, I was so stuck. I mean, I was like, I didn't know how to live and how to cope with my trauma without being high because I was so scared to be low. And I was so scared because my body was, I was so unsafe, like internally. That's how I felt. I felt like if I don't get high, I'm going to feel something and I'm not going to be able to survive the feeling that I feel. And then what's going to happen. This is like what I thought. And it wasn't me really thinking it was like this little person inside of me whose mom died, who was stuck at the day of her mom, her mom dying. And that's what trauma, I mean, that's what trauma does to you, keeps you stuck in emotions and events and beliefs and thoughts and patterns. And your brain doesn't really know the difference. It doesn't really understand that you're here. It thinks you're there. Yeah. Um, so that's, so, you know, 2020 was a hot mess. I was in a relationship as well, which was great relationship, but you know, I didn't know if he was the one that was fucking stressful, push it down a little more. And it's just, you know, 2021 rolled around. And I remember thinking like, I can't, like, I can't keep getting high all day. I can't stay in this relationship. 
I can't pretend that like marketing is like my outlet, like I, my path, like this is nothing in my life, Katie, like not one thing in my life was aligned, like not even a little bit, like not even like that makes sense. None of it made sense. And when nothing in your life makes sense, your life is really hard. Yeah, and it just, no, nothing lights you up. It feels heavy. But nothing moves. Yeah. Like, like nothing was moving forward. Like I made, I, I was walking, I was moving, I was putting one foot in front of the other and I was met with so much resistance. The universe is like, not that door, not that door. Nope. And I was seeing human design people. I was like, somebody just tell me my life, tell me my future. And I remember, I remember thinking like, Ricky, this was like in March, March of last year. I was like, just stop getting high. If you stop getting high, every single thing in your life is going to change because you're, there's a door and it's closed shut. And this is the thing that's going to open it. And I remember thinking like, um, I can't yet. Like I'm, I can't, I'm stuck in my relationship. I'm stuck in general. Like what the fuck am I going to do? And so you know, you have my safety, my coping skill, like everything. And it was, it was a controversial topic. No one ever talked about it. It was this whole thing. And, um, I was like, I'm not ready. And when you're not ready, you're not ready. And, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I think people need to know that like, it's okay to think something five months before you act on it. It's just like, you're planting little seeds. And if you keep planting them and you keep educating yourself, like you'll get there. And I, I felt similar to you. Like, I just need a place to tell the truth. And so, you know, March, April, May, June, July, I'm like losing my goddamn mind and just trying to be like, why is nothing working for me? Meanwhile, I'm getting high all day. Maybe that's why. And I don't know. Might be a little roadblock. Like a little roadblock, a fucking car crash. And um, I decided I had, I went on a walk one day and I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And I, I had no clue what it was going to be about. I hired a producer before I had a name, before I had a concept. And he was like, what's the name of the podcast? I was like, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. let you know tomorrow. He's like, you want to like pay me and hire me right now? I was like, hundred percent. For the first time in my life, something just like, I don't know what the universe sent us something down to me and was like, this is your next step. This is your first step. I know you're not going to quit smoking yet, but this is your first step. And I never felt that before. Like I just knew, I knew my heart. And so I started the next day. I came up with, you know, steps forward with Ricky weekly walking podcast, helping you take steps forward in your life and your day. And there was a part of me that knew that I was about to be taking some real big steps forward in my life and that I'm going to need this place. Um, so that was first step. That was in August, August 1st, 2021. Yeah. And, um, it was, it was instantly a hit. And I say that not because like, go me, I say that because it was aligned Yeah. and it easy. And I was, and just like you, like, I loved it. Like, I was like, this is my truth. Like, I'm going to talk about all the things. And I talked about all of them. And this was the first time that I was honest, just honest, just like having a shitty day, feeling stuck, lonely, grief, all the things. Um, and then about a month in, I was like, I can't, I can't do my podcast anymore unless I stop smoking because I feel like a fraud. Yeah. So you hadn't really talked about it on the podcast. I did. I did. I talked about it in episode four, but I never said that I had walked away. I said that I struggled with getting with, with weed, but I, but I refrain, I didn't frame it in the way of like, I'm, I'm getting high 18 times a day. I just was like, I'm really struggling with this. <laughs> because I, <laughs> You were taking small steps in. <laughs> that was a, and by the way, that was the first time ever in my life that I ever talked about it. So I was like, this is great. Like, 
I knew that was another sign step for me that like one day I'll be ready. I'll be ready. But like, let's just plant a little seed. Yeah. And the response that I got was kind of amazing. I had people like thousands of people were like messaging me being like, I, I saw that episode about weed, blah, blah, blah. Like I struggle with it. Like, do you still struggle with it? And I was like, yeah, I do still struggle with it. I was very honest. And then um, that was episode four. And then by episode 10, I just was like, I can't, I have to stop my podcast or I have to walk away from weed. And I was getting ready to like walk away from it anyways, because I just had reached that point where I was in so much pain that I just, I knew like this was my next step. And so September 24th, I walked away from weed. Um, I went like the next day I told everyone on my podcast about it. Two weeks later, my boyfriend broke up with me and, um, I got like month after that, I actually got fired from that marketing job. And then I left Michigan, hit the road for three and a half months. And I changed my entire life in six months. Um, and now I live in LA and now I started a company brand called walking away from weed. And now I coach people all over the world to heal internally and do exactly what I did. And it's crazy. And I just skipped over a million parts, but I just wanted to fast forward. No, I, I just think that story is so amazing. Like that you just own, you completely owned your truth and who you are and the response changed your life in ways that you couldn't even imagine. I led myself. Yeah. That's what I did. I wasn't just honest. I was like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to cry. I'm going to like get angry. I'm going to feel every emotion in the whole world. It is way better than staying where I'm, where I am. It, I was it like, was one of those situations where the pain of staying the same was stronger than the pain of like complete change. Couldn't yeah. do it anymore. I, I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't want to do it anymore. And I knew like what was coming. I knew like, you're going to walk away from this thing and you're going to feel, and it's going to be really uncomfortable. And like, I was like, I can do this because everything in my life was done. Like yeah. I, I had no relationship. I had no place in Michigan anymore. I had no marketing job. I had nothing. I literally had nothing. I was like, you, sometimes the universe does it for you. Oh, for sure. I mean, right. (laughs) I feel like I know firsthand, like getting everything taken from me after going through so much trauma in my life. It was like the universe was like, no, 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 you're starting over. You don't don't understand when you're, when all these things are happening, you're like, why me? But then all of a sudden these, these like little bits of light come in and you're like, okay, I get it. I actually get why this is happening. And like now I'm so much stronger for it, but I want to ask you one question, and this is something that I was met with resistance with people in my life that I was really Mm -hmm. close to of living a life that doesn't seem normal, living a life that's different than what everybody else is living. And for me, I found that it wasn't hard for me to accept it. It was hard for other people to accept it. Um, yeah, you know, it was hard for me. Yeah. Um, because I had so much pain and I had so much, you know, I was always the kid that was like a little too much. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of always like, I was really loved. It was always like, if you just like tone it down a little bit, you'll be successful. If you just, if you just do this, if you just do that. And so I always lived my life, like if I just did this or I just did that. And like, that's not who I am. Couldn't be less of that kind of person. Yeah. And so, but I didn't like who I was. I hated myself. So when you hate yourself or you've got trauma or you're constantly trying to escape yourself, you listen to other people because you don't feel comfortable listening to yourself because you don't know that you know best, right? You're like, well, maybe they know best. Well, they're successful. They do it. 
they make money, they do this. So like, maybe they, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. And it's not the truth. Like their truth is not your truth and your truth is not their truth. 100%. And I think for me, what I've learned is like, when I healed all the pain, when I walked away from weed, that was really the catalyst of everything. That was the first, first truth. Right. And this, the first truth was the podcast. Then it was the weed. Then it was like the relationship that wasn't right for me. So like all I had been asking people, everyone, they always thought, because I couldn't understand my truth because I wouldn't allow myself to even go to it. And so I think for a lot of people, it's like, we can care what people think about us. We can, and we can, we can live lives that people want us to live, or we can live lives that are true to who we are. And life is a lot easier. Yeah. That's like, do you think anyone in my family was like, yeah, this is really normal. Let me, sh- like, why would you create a podcast and like tell your whole world? You're going to like talk about this weed addiction shit. You're going to like not marry this guy. You're going to hit the road for three months. You're going to move to California. Like what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do all of it. Yeah. And I'm not going to ask anyone what they think because for the first time ever, I don't really care because I'm okay. Like I feel safe internally. Yeah. I think alignment is, is hard to explain to people. It's something you have to show to people. Well, it's also hard to feel if you don't know what it is. Like a lot of people talk about alignment. Like it's this like thing that we all know right away. And it's not even true. Like I started a podcast that felt aligned, but nothing else in my life had felt aligned. Mm -hmm. It was a process. You find alignment in steps. You don't find it all at once. And people think that like they have to be aligned right away with everything. And it's like, that's not how the world works. Not how it works. No. Like take one fucking small step and then take the next step. Yeah. I mean, it took me like I, my ex-husband and I separated, gosh, like early 2020, but we knew it was coming even before that. And it took me till now to even, and now I'm in Denver, but it wasn't like everything happened at once. This was like, okay, decisions over periods of time that was, that was happening to be like, this feels right. And this feels right. And then the more you follow these little feelings, all of a sudden you just start to get it. You're like, yeah, this is, this is what life should be like. I always say that like the right decisions open the right doors. Yeah. And the right decisions are not always the easy decisions, but they are still the right decisions. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. Just like what happens when you tell the truth? Like I shared my weed addiction story on TikTok. I had 300 followers two months ago. And like, now I have this community of 40 K people that are like changing their lives every single day that don't feel alone. It's like, we are so scared to share our truth and our truth literally transforms people's lives. That is the only thing that does that. Have you got any backlash on, on people saying <laughs> I, get, I get bullied 80, just it's the funniest. Yeah. Saying that like, oh, weed's not addictive. I mean, I've, I've seen it firsthand. Like my younger brother has struggled with drugs, drugs since he was 14 years old. He's 32. So I've seen it firsthand, but I'm curious. Every day. Every yeah. day. That's how I know I've made it. People hate me enough. People love me and hate me enough to like fuck with me. I'm like, great, bring it on. It's great for the algorithm. I get bullied every day, but you know what? First of all, it's a controversial topic. Just it. It's a controversial topic. Um, It's a glamorized and glorified topic. Like weed, it's a plant, it's healing. It's no big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big problem. And you know, it's never about the thing that you're using. It's always about the thing that's underneath. But the problem with weed is that it's so glorified and glamorized that people feel ashamed to even talk about it. Yeah. And so they can't even get rid of it to get to the other stuff because they're like, well, I can't tell anyone. It's like, Lisa's at heroin. It's like, what kind of world are we living in? Where like, at least it's not. Yeah. And when I brought attention to it, like I, I literally was, um, 
I always say that your greatest, your greatest gifts come out of boredom. If you allow yourself, if you allow yourself to be bored um, and not run away or, or eat or escape or whatever it is that we do. Yeah. And I was on my trip. I was in Sedona and I was bored and I was lonely one night. This was in this was like January 2nd. And I was like, oh, I'm just going like to share like my weed addiction story on TikTok, like whatever. I, at this point I had 200 followers. I never used TikTok and um, I already shared it on, on my podcast, whatever. And so I shared it. I woke up the next day and it went viral and I had like 600 comments of people being like, wait, this is, you have this, like, this is a real thing. Like no one's ever talked about this. Like, please help me. Like, wh- what did you do? Like, blah, 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 blah. I looked at that success leaves clues. I looked at that as like a sign. And then I made another one and I made another one. And I literally haven't stopped since. And when you are brave enough to share the truth, you're always going to get someone who doesn't believe it. Yeah. And I'm and I like, my skin is like so thick now. Cause I'm like, if I, if I, I'll, I will, will literally, people are like, you're stupid, like crazy shit. Say it. That's fine. I'm like, it's yeah. fine. I'm like you're high. Leave me alone. <laughs> you're just saying that. Cause you're high. And I'm not even against marijuana. Like I don't even care about it. Yeah. It's just like, you, you're just sharing your story with it. It's going to be different than everybody else's story, but you still, you're sharing your story. Yeah. And I'm really helping, you know, and there's not a lot out there to help you move forward from it because it's not talked about. Right. It's a like controversial new topic. Um, Something you said really struck with me. And it was one of the things I wanted to ask you is you said you were in Sedona and you were bored. And one of the things that I really dove into when I was going through stuff in Denver, when I, all I had here was an air mattress, no TV, I had my phone, but that was really it. And there's only so much time you can spend on that was sitting in silence, Mm. sitting by yourself. I think that it had been years since I had spent time by myself and spent time in silence. And I think I learned the most about myself being able to do that. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I think we're distracted so much with like social media or this or that, TV, Netflix, and rarely rarely do we get, yeah, there you go. Do we get to know each other, like get to know ourselves? Totally. so that was my, that was the scariest. That's like one of the reasons I smoked all the time, because like if I had to be with myself, I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. I was so scared. I was, I was, I'm not afraid of a lot of things. I will do a lot of things. I was so scared to be with myself. Like, don't make me be, don't make me be with myself. Mm-hmm. And when I got rid of the marijuana, I had to learn to be with myself. And I, it for me, it wasn't just sitting in silence. It was like I had to learn to go on a walk without being high. I had to learn to like exist in the world. And one of my rewards for walking away from weed and for doing the work and for being okay without my ex-boyfriend was like, I'm going to go on this road trip and I'm going to learn, I'm going to do like take in the world, not elevated. And I'm going to like be with myself. And, um, it was really hard some days. Like I cried, but I remember thinking like, there was, so the only time I wasn't really on my phone was when I hiked. So like for four hours a day, I would put my phone on airplane mode. And that was like my time. And I would, I would, sometimes I would cry and stuff like that. And I remember thinking like, whenever I was crying or whenever I was sad, I always said to myself, like, this is amazing. Like you're living, like you're finally living. Like, this is what you need. Like keep crying. Like you're, I always tell myself, I always tell myself like you're safe. Like, that's a thing that I always say to myself, like, you're safe, rookie. Like, you're okay. Like, I always put my hand on my heart. I'm like, you're safe. You're safe. You're safe. And I would say it until I believed it. And 
I also told myself that if boredom is the scariest thing that I feel, then I can feel that. Yeah. That's the scariest thing I feel because it is not as scary as what I was not feeling before because my life wasn't moving. People are people who I work with people and their number one thing is, well, what will I do when I'm bored? I'm like, you'll find something to do. Absolutely. And you'll find yourself in it. You'll be bored and you'll create something and you'll discover more about yourself because boredom, if that's the scariest thing you feel and you can feel that, how many other scary things can you do? Absolutely. And I definitely like, I had like, I, I was on the road for like almost three months. I honestly only felt like lonely or bored four times because I was so excited. I was like, just so excited to not be high and so excited just to like live and, yeah. and not have that guilt and that shame. And, and once you move forward and, and once you get rid of the things in your life that really were so heavy for you, like you feel free even on the bad days. Yes. That, and that's what, I mean, that couldn't be more sort of like wait, even where I'm at and what I've worked through. And you said, you said, I feel safe. And I'm looking at a sticky note right here and the, I have written on it. I'm safe and secure within myself, because I think that's one of the things that I felt so unsafe moving here, not knowing anybody, not having any, not having any of my safety net. I didn't have my network, my family, my bed, anything. Yeah. I was like, everything that felt safe was taken away from me. And I had to learn to find safety within myself. How'd you and do I had, that? That's a, so that's a really good question. T- spending, spending time with myself. I had really had to spend time with myself. I went on walks every single day. I walked Tucker for like three miles a day. And within that, it was like, I had to work through, I had to work through the trauma that I had been through because I hadn't worked through it. I had just pushed it down. Right. I was just in a super like emotionally abusive, narcissistic relationship and hadn't dealt with any of that. And it all came up and I'm telling you, it was triggered tenfold sitting by yourself in an apartment. But, but I swear to you, I I think the universe did that for me to heal quicker. hundred percent. It was like, oh, you're going to move to another state. You just think like, that's what's going to happen. And it's not going to go with you. Like, no. Yeah. You want to move here? Like, fine, but you better deal with this before. And I didn't realize how much I distracted myself. Just very similar for you. Like with the addiction, it was like, I, my addiction was distraction, was social media, was TV, was all of that stuff. I wasn't dealing with what I had to deal with until it was like right in front of me, like this bright, shiny object, like, well, you better. Well, it's also like you had nothing else to do. Like you couldn't, you weren't like redecorating your place. You weren't like yeah. putting your place together. You weren't buying new stuff. Like yeah. you you really, truly like you had nothing to do. So it's like, when you have nothing to do, you got to figure out something to do. And then it's like, I think if people didn't spend money all day and they couldn't do the things that that they escape, it's like, they would be really bored. They'd have to find something to do. And then it's like, that shit comes up. It's like, there's nothing, there's nowhere else to go. It just comes up. And I swear to you, it was the, it was the hardest two and a half months of my life, but the most healing two and a half months of my life. And it's probably same for you with your road trip. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. I, yeah, I think like I made, yes, the whole, the last six months, honestly, just as a whole, um, getting through and getting weed out of my life and like processing my feelings and taking my road to my road trip really opened my eyes to like what the life I want. Yeah. And I was like, I can't go back to Michigan. I can't go back. I I'm, everything has to be a move forward situation for me. And I'm okay with nobody agreeing or understanding it. Like I'm cool with that. Yeah. Which I, I like, you were really inspiring for me to see you do that. And just to see you get out and about and walking. Like we even had a conversation one time where you said like, you need to get out. 
Yeah. So I was like, I'm, I'm like losing my mind in this place. And you're like, you need to go on hikes. You need to get out and do something. Like, go, you're in Colorado. Like I, 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 you know, I like lived there for three years and I literally, I mean, granted, I was like, hi for one of them, but like, I honestly, <laughs> I would explore all the time. I was yeah. just like, you are in the most beautiful place. Like you yeah. just have to, and, and it's about to be summer. I know it's probably like, usually in March, it gets like to be 70 there sometimes. Like it's yeah. just such a beautiful place to live. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely encouraged me on that. Um, so one of the things I want to ask you, because I, I deal with so many women that, or I talk to so many women that are just unhappy with where they're at, but they mm-hmm. feel stuck in their life. You know, maybe they're married or they have kids or they're in a job that they are not happy with or they don't like. And your podcast, your whole theme is steps forward. And I'm curious, like what you would say to women that feel so stuck, but they have no idea what they want to do. They have no idea what actually lights them up or feels in alignment. Like what are, what would you say are the, the first steps forward for them? I'm trying to think like, what's the most realistic thing that I could say? Yeah. I think you do have to start with one thing. And I think everybody knows their one thing. I think that if you're unhappy in your relationship, I don't want to say leave your relationship, but I want to say like, maybe get a therapist to talk about the relationship. If you're unhappy with your weight, I don't think that you should change everything in your life. Maybe you should just start taking 10,000 steps a day. Maybe you should hire a mentor. So like, I'm a big, small step girl. And if you like, look at my life, nothing really changed in my life until I took, so like my first step forward, I felt so stuck. Right. And sometimes Katie, and I think it's really important for people to know that like, sometimes it's a, it's just kind of where you're at, you know, for me, like I was stuck for two years. Like I I was stuck my whole life, honestly, but for the last two years, I was really stuck in a relationship. I didn't know it was mine. Right. And in a doing work, I knew that wasn't right. I tried to be a marketing person. I tried to be a business coach. I tried, I tried so many things. And I honestly, truly in my heart knew that there was like two things in my life that no matter what I did, no matter how much therapy I got, that if I didn't get rid of those things. So I think it's like, first of all, take a step back and examine your life. Okay. For me, it was like, my relationship isn't right. And I'm getting high all day for someone else that might be like, my relationship isn't right. And like, I'm emotionally eating. My relationship isn't right. I feel stuck at my job. And so you're going to take small steps forward, but you got to examine what steps need to be taken. And you might not be ready to take certain steps. And that's, that's okay too. But what can you do? So like, for me, I wasn't ready to stop getting high. I wasn't ready to leave my relationship, but I could start a podcast to get ready. So people think it has to be like all these different things. And I always say like, is there just one step that you can take? Yeah. Is there just one step, like just one step because one step opens the door to another step to another step. So if you feel stuck right now, first of all, like let's try to be truthful with our lives and with ourselves. Let's not like pretend we don't know what we feel stuck on. If you're stuck. Love that. Like we don't need to, it's okay. Like you don't have to take an action just because you tell the truth. Yeah. You can just, you can just say, I, I have this problem. I don't know if my relationship is right. Fucking hate my job. I feel like I'm lonely. Like, let's just acknowledge the truth of your life. You don't have to do anything about it yet. And then 
That's a powerful first step. That's a, by the way, it's a really scary first step too. So just that step, just, I couldn't even write, Katie, I couldn't even write out. I'm not sure if this person's the one. I couldn't tell anyone that I, that I wanted to stop smoking, but once I did, you know, I took a positive step. Obviously I started this podcast, but like, you can't change your life without the truth. It's impossible. I don't give a fuck how many therapists you go see. If you're just lying to the therapist and you're lying to yourself, it's like, what is the point? Yeah. So the first step is the truth. The, that's the step no one wants to take. Yeah. One's like, well, what if I just do this? I'm like, no. Just skip over it. Just sit, tell the truth, write it out. You don't even, you don't even have to say it out loud. Just write it out. Mm-hmm. I am an addict. I don't know if my relationship is it. I don't like my job. I am not happy with my body. Okay. Let's acknowledge the truth. And then we just pick one truth. And we take one step forward with it. Because that's the only thing that changes. The only thing that changes your life is the truth. And you don't have to, I always tell people like, even people who are like walking away from weed, I'm like, you don't have to walk away right now. You don't have to walk away right now if you're not ready. But just acknowledge that one day you, you might need to. Yeah. So I think the truth is really powerful and I think it's really scary and I don't think your life changes without it. I think that's one of the best answers I've ever heard. Really? <laughs> I swear to you, honestly, I do. Because it's so easy to be like, oh, you just need to get motivated here, or do this or do that. And it's like, let's simplify the heck out of this. And this, the, the first thing we have to do is just be honest with ourselves because you're right. The truth, like it will change your life if you just admit the truth to yourself. You know what it does is I would literally write out, I'd be like, I'm, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell someone say that I'm, that, that I'm, a, that I'm addicted to weed. I would just write it out and then I would erase it. I'm like, I'm not addicted to weed. And I'd be like, I don't know if this person's the one. And then I would like scribble and erase it. But the more I wrote it out, the more I wrote it out, even if I erased it, I was just like, okay, I can look at this. I can do this. And then I always told myself, just because you know the truth doesn't mean you have to face it yet or do something about it yet. You just have to know it because yeah. we're so scared to know it. And then we get more comfortable with the truth. I mean, people, people lie to themselves all day. They're in the relationships and they lie to themselves all day. But what if they just said, I know this relationship isn't right. And I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet, but I know give yourself the opportunity to get ready. Yeah. Because if you say like, maybe it's the one, maybe it's not, it's like, no, it's fucking not true. You know, it's not, and that's okay. And you're not ready. And that's okay. Yeah. But like, get, it's like, when you face the truth, you realize that you'll be okay. And the truth gets easier to face. Yeah. And I think that's when I was like, I'm an addict. And then I was like, I'm an addict. Okay. I'm an addict. And then I spoke to myself differently about it. I was like, I'm an addict. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. He's not the one. Okay. It's not the one. Okay. And listen, I'm not saying it's like happens right away, but it does, it does happen when you tell the truth. Yeah. Honestly, I swear to you, that's, that's one of the best answers I've heard. It's like such an, and I love just the way you put things on like small steps forward, because I think we always think we have to tackle it all. And it feels so overwhelming that we don't do anything at all. How can we tackle it all? You know, one thing leads to the next. My podcast was a small step forward that led to a big change in my life, but I didn't start a podcast, walk away from weed, break up with my ex-boyfriend, travel the world, California. That happened over six months. Yeah. 
And it only happened like otherwise sometimes when you sometimes when you just share a little bit of the truth like the universe likes that and they're like more 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 I'll open this door for you if you just tell me a little more or or just tell me a little of the truth and I'll do the rest for you I mean I moved to Denver and I still don't even know why I don't know what door this this is for me I just know I was meant to be here but you do know why, like, look, like how could, at this point, like, it was obviously like you needed to get the fuck out of Michigan, For but you sure. needed to, like, you needed to heal. You needed everything to be taken away from you. And the only way that was going to happen was for you to move across the country, hire a shitty fucking company and have them <laughs> do it for you. And then having you sit with nothing but yourself, like that is, and then Denver is going to be that experience for you. Pay gonna, thousands of dollars to have yeah. my stuff stolen. Lose all of your money. Lose all of your stuff. Like it was the only way. It was yeah. the only way for you to be where you are now. And by the way, it's only going to get better because now it's like the universe is like, thank you. That was the assignment. You passed it. Like, let's, let's, let's you understood help. it. You understood <laughs> the assignment. You know, people always say like, like that's, that is why like yeah. you you would never, you'd be at Equinox, you'd be doing your thing, you'd be on Instagram, whatever. And like all the people unhappy. And you thought moving to Denver was going to fix all that. And the universe was like, I don't think so, Katie. Like, let's move to Denver, get you out of your environment. And then let's just show you that like, unless you deal with it, maybe you will, maybe you won't. I'll do it for you. Yeah. That's why you're like- That literally just gave me chills because that's exactly what I went through. And just in the last few weeks, am I realizing that? Right. And that's the other thing. This is a really important thing people need to know. I always tell people that you don't have to know what the trauma is yet. You don't have to know all the things underneath. You just need to take away the thing that stops you from knowing it. Yeah. Maybe it's the person, maybe it's the place, maybe it's the habit, maybe it's the addiction. Just get rid of the thing and then allow the other stuff to come up give it time. But as long as you stay where you're at, you never ever figure it out. So people are like, well, what is it? And I'm like, who fucking cares what it is? Just stop getting high. And then everything else will come into place. Just move, just do this. Just, just make a move. And then the rest will show up for you. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's, I I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think that we were so scared to, we want to know the outcome, right? We want to know what the ending looks like. And when we don't, we never will. So we avoid doing anything. We avoid taking any steps forward because we don't know the outcome because that feels unsafe, right? And we, we, we only want to take steps right. when we know the outcome. That's why you have to literally put your hand on your heart and be like, I am safe. I am safe. Because you're not even talking to yourself. You're talking to this little child in you. That's it. Every time I feel unsafe, I literally look in the mirror and I'm like, you're safe. Like, you're okay. And I say to myself like that. And then my nervous system calms down. And then the signals to my brain that I'm okay. Yeah. That has been one of, one of the biggest things I am safe. I'm safe with myself. That has saved me the last three months. Just, just saying that on repeat. Cause right. you're right. It, it isn't, it isn't me right now that needs to hear that. It's like everything that I've been dealing with my whole life needed to hear that, that child, the childhood trauma, right? The little girl, it's Katie is a little girl. If people just close their eyes and they imagine themselves as two human beings, one as a child and one as you are now. Every time something comes up that feels unsafe, it's not you. It's not you as you. It's you as who you used to be. And you have to tend to that person and just make that person feel safe because your nervous system gets all fucked up 
And it sends signals to your brain to do bad things. Yeah. And you don't want that. So the first thing you ever have, I teach people this all the time is you literally just put your hand on your heart and you calm your nervous system down so that you're not all freaked out. And then you're like making all these decisions and they're not real decisions that you should be making. And this is harder than I just say it, but like the place, the good place to start is like, you asked, like, what would you tell someone? The first step is I would tell someone to put their hand in their heart and say, I am safe. And then say the truth. Yeah. And keep your hand on your heart and say the truth. And then as you say the fucking truth, be like, I am safe. This is the truth. And I am safe. And you're going to feel a bad gut feeling and you're going to probably want to throw up and it's going to feel horrible. <laughs> you're going to get sick fine. and you're going to be like, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be okay. <laughs> Trust me. I think you and I have lots of things checked off the list that we yeah. scared as hell about, but we like, got through it. I, I mean, my whole life has just been a pile of not truths. And so it, I understand it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it also opens up so much. So it, it's the only thing that opens it up without yeah. the truth. You stay where you're at. And that is the truth. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I, okay. So you're on the crying burns calories podcast. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about Dude, crying yeah. to wrap it up. Um, what is the thing that is most likely to make you cry? Like, <laughs> just like anything. Yeah. Just like day to day. Like what, what is the thing that's most likely to like set you set tears off? Like it could be anything. <laughs> the same way. Cause like my answer is so fucked up. It's not that like, if I see someone being mean to a dog, like that's my first thing that I thought of. I don't yeah. know if this is like a part of it. Like could it be, I mean, you see that a lot. No, but like, I can't watch anything with animals or I cry. Like I'm all the same way. Can't I'm so I was like, can it be anything? That's like a bad answer though, but that is how I feel. Yeah. Okay, let's start over though. Okay, hold on. Something that makes me cry. Something that would make me cry. <laughs> and, um, it, I, what's your answer? Uh, you know, that's, I don't, no one's ever asked me that. Like, <laughs> honestly, um, I, I cry more happy tears. Like I'm more, I'm more likely to cry happy tears and sad tears. But I think the last couple of months have been very different for me. The, the thing that's most likely to make me try is be, being triggered from trauma the last couple of months. But in general, I'm more likely to cry with happy stuff than sad stuff. This is weird. No, it's not weird. Yeah. I'm trying to think the last time I cried. Yeah. When was the last time you cried? Let's start there. Damn. Um, I'm on my cycle right now. So it was like last night. <laughs> Um, dogs fighting like I'm on my cry right now um dogs fighting while I'm on my podcast makes me cry I literally like cannot oh I actually did cry um okay I cried the other day recording a podcast episode because I was thinking about I was thinking about where I was this time last year and it made me cry. It really made me cry. It made me, I had this like weird feeling, this like feeling of nostalgia, but also this feeling of like, I can't believe I was in so much pain for so long. And it really made me cry. And I really felt, I remember I was talking about, it, I was just like, as I was talking about it, I was crying. I was like, I didn't even like, I'm crying right now. Cause like, I can't believe how much pain I was in. And that's so sad. Like that was so like, I just remember being like, that was so sad how to live in, with so much pain. So that really made me cry. Yeah. 
And other than that, like I hadn't, I don't really even cry. I think it's a really good cry though. It's like a solid it was a great cry. It was that's like, a great, that's a great cry. Yeah. It was a good cry. Okay. This one, this one more question, this might be easier when you're crying. What is there like one food that you're like your go-to like emotion food, one food that you like grab when you're crying? I'm not emotional either. Um, I'm just not my thing, but I love Oreos. But I got, oh, you should hold on, hold on. Hold on. There Can we you, go. Okay. I yeah. knew that. Bad. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, food is not my, is not the go-to. Um, when I'm sad, I actually have no appetite. So if I'm crying, like food is not my thing. Um, but if I am sad, like, I don't know, like, I don't really, I don't really emotionally eat, but I do, um, like listen to music. That's like nearly the opposite. That's like a thing people should do. (laughs) Honestly, music. Like I've been trying to do this thing where I, um, don't pick up my phone at all when I eat but I've been like putting on music. So I've like, and it's, it's music is just the most beautiful thing. And I guess I didn't mean that coming from like, what do you emotional eat on? But sometimes I know, we all, when sometimes I think we all have like, a comfort food. You know, I, oh, I mean, like I love French, like I eat French fries like four days a week. <laughs> love this for you. <laughs> but like not out of comfort. Cause like, I just love French fries. Love French fries. Yeah. I had a really horrible relationship with food. I don't eat disorder for 11, like 15, 13 years. So like, I just, you know, because I think because my, when I'm having anxiety and I'm sad, I don't, I don't like crave food. So for me, it's like, I'm more emotional. I could more emotionally eat if I'm bored than I would be like when I'm sad. Yeah. I still try not to do that. I try just to like take 1 million walks a day. Yeah. It's the, it's the best movements, medicine and walking is the easiest form. It's true. I mean, sometimes I eat the Oreos as I'm walking, but like, you know, well, you're walking, right? But I'm walking. It's like, who cares? Um, so Ricky, tell everybody where they can find you. What platforms are you on? Like, where can they, your podcast, where can they connect? Yeah. Um, well, you can listen to my podcast uh, on Apple or YouTube or on uh, Spotify, Steps Forward with Ricky. It's a walking podcast. You have to walk as you listen. And um, you can follow me on TikTok, Ricky and Friedman. If you're struggling with weed, I have whole community there I have a whole my hair looks I'm not twin. I have a whole um program too called walking away from weed I run it once a month it's an amazing amazing group program and then on Instagram you can follow me Ricky N Friedman and like that's you know I'm not going to give you my address you don't want to follow me in real life right we oh, will- I, have a, I have a website too I always forget that I have a website there you go <laughs> it's stupid it's like whatever it's called steps for with ricky.com it's like it's not a cool website <laughs> It's not a cool website. I love how honest you are. We will put everything in um, in the show notes so you guys can easily connect with her. But Ricky, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, of course. This was amazing. And um, yeah, I had a great time. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like this podcast, leave me a review, and share it with any women in your life that you think need to hear it. If you don't already follow me, go over to Instagram, search Conditioned by Katie. Make sure you follow me. You're part of this community. If you're interested in working with me, look, I have so many different ways you can work with me from one-on-one coaching to small group to master classes that I host and everything in between. The best way you can find out 
what's going on in the Conditioned by Katie world is to either follow me on Instagram or sign up for my newsletter on my website. That's gonna give you all the updated info and a lot of other fun things every single week. But look, I'm just so happy you're here. I'm happy you're part of this community. Keep showing up, keep growing with me, and keep being you.